Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 368 for the week of June 16, 2014. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with the coming week's astrological forecast and regularly feature listener emails, recorded listener consultations, and interviews with other astrologers. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of ThisWeekInAstrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. We have a long show for you this week. We'll start, as always, with the forecast for the next seven days. Take a sneak peek at the following week. We'll have a few quick announcements, including the announcing of the winner of the free consultation that I give away every time the seasons change. And then we'll have our live listener consultation. This time we feature Monique, who wants to know how are these huge Pluto transits going to affect not just my chart, but the chart of my husband, Wallace. They both have strong Pluto events, but in very different ways. And one of the things she reports is already that she's experiencing a whole new level of passion in her partnership with Wallace than she's ever had before. Pluto can do good things, too. Yes, it can. So we'll look at how Pluto is affecting both a husband and wife who are both getting strong transits from that planet in this week's live listener consultation. But first, as always, we begin with this week's forecast. What's new this week? A volatile, energizing T-square peaks. This dynamic trio of Mars, Uranus, and Pluto reminds us that the energies of revolutionary transformation sparked by April's Cardinal Grand Cross are still very much with us. This week also features the ingress of the summer solstice, the sun entering Cancer, the wounded healer Chiron turning retrograde, and more. What's old? Continuing, we still have a waning moon. We've got four retrograde planets. Mercury is retrograde through July 1st, and we also have retrograde Saturn, Pluto, and Neptune. We also have other kite, uh, not kite, but aspect patterns still in play. We have a Venus, Jupiter, Chiron, Saturn kite through June 17th. A T-square with Uranus, Pluto, and Ceres through the 20th of June. That grand trine with Jupiter, Chiron, and Saturn is with us through June 24th. And another T-square, Vesta, Uranus, Pluto, remains through June 25th. That's all in addition to that Mars, Uranus, Pluto T-square we'll be featuring this week through July 3rd. So a lot of energy in the air. Let's break it down day by day. On Monday, June 16th, we have not a squat, nothing, not even a lunar event. So we're going to skip along to Tuesday, June 17, as Mercury enters Gemini, going backwards. It's going to stay there through July 12th. And as I mentioned, Mercury will turn direct on July 1st, or maybe I didn't mention that. I did. Yes, I did. The winged messenger in one of its home signs radiates the energy of learning and sharing information. It also radiates a love of playfulness, variety, and mischief. Also today, we have Juno entering Gemini, but going forward instead of backward. Communication, learning, and variety in domestic affairs is supported. Juno's passage through Gemini lasts through August 8th. We also have a void moon here today on Tuesday that's kicking in at 2.08 p.m., 
And that wraps up very quickly as the moon enters Pisces at 2.26 p.m. That's just an 18-minute void, very short by void standards. And as the moon enters Pisces, uh, we're going to have the energy of divine union and divine inspiration available to us. And you want to watch out for the temptations of overindulgence in substances or escapism or martyrdom or other negative Piscean qualities. On Wednesday, June 18th, we have the moon conjoining Neptune. That's around 3 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And everything I just said about the moon entering Pisces goes for the moon conjunct Neptune as well. As I say every month, (laughs) Pisces and Neptune are the same letter of the astrology alphabet and carry the same meaning. We also have Venus sextile Jupiter. Venus is at 24 Taurus. Jupiter is at 24 Cancer. You can expand energetically into your creativity and relationships under this aspect. With Venus and Taurus, sensuality and financial increase are also supported. Also here on Wednesday, and finally, we have a Moon-Chiron conjunction. And this is happening right around 8.15 p.m. or so. Moon-Chiron conjunction amplifies the energy of the wounded healer for a few hours either side. Uh, watch to make sure you don't get a lot of emotional wounding inflicted on you or you inflicted on others. And it's a great time for healing and mentoring. On Thursday, June 19th, we open with a Sun-Uranus quintile. The Sun's at 28 Gemini. Uranus is at 16 Aries. Inspiration is in the air with this aspect. It's also a good time to embody your authentic egoic self and catch more intuitive flashes. Next up, we have a void moon kicking in at 3.06 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. This one lasts a little over two hours. The moon hits Aries at 5.26 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And the moon in Aries begins a new cycle of the 12 signs. This Aries, the first one, is about sexuality and leadership and fighting the good fight, among other things. It's also about exercise and uh, being a very dynamic, fiery energy. We also have a Sun-Mercury conjunction today, both planets right around 29 degrees Gemini. Learning, communication, and mischievousness are supported as the Sun and retrograde Mercury cross paths in late Gemini. And then we have our headline event of the week, the Mars-Uranus-Pluto T-square peaks. It started on April 4th, peaks today. Avoid accidents and conflict by exercising extra caution and avoiding dangerously volatile situations. But this aspect pattern is rocket fuel if you're ready for big changes, major breakthroughs, and quantum leaps. This T-square is not quite as strong as it was on April 22nd when the Cardinal Grand Cross formed by these three planets and Jupiter peaked. That iteration of this T-square was exact within about a third of a degree, while the current one is peaking about three and a half degrees off exactitude. But this is still a formidable aspect pattern, and it's riding the momentum of the waning Cardinal Grand Cross. Stability may be elusive as this T-square wraps up its three-month run on July 3rd, but opportunity abounds for the bold. On Friday, June 20th, we have a Chiron retrograde. It's going to retrograde for over five months through November 23rd, and it's going to move from 18 Pisces back to 13 Pisces. This is a good time to reflect on how healing and mentoring are manifesting for you. Life area is represented by natal points between 15 and 21 degrees in the mutable signs. Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces are more likely to experience some type of wounding 
in order to stimulate deeper healing opportunities. If you'd like to know how to deal with those healing opportunities, then go to astroshaman.com and on the home page, top of the sidebar, there's a purple banner and it says Heal and Awaken Invocations. Click that and then the section you go to, scroll to the last post in the series of blogs. It's called Your, what is it called? Your Challenging uh, Emotions or Your, no, it's called Your Negative Reactions, Golden Opportunities for Healing and Awakening. And there's a article there that will help you learn how to clear that stuff on your own and very quickly too. Next up, we have Mercury Quintal Uranus, Mercury 28 Gemini, Uranus at 16 Aries. The interpretation of today's quintile between Mercury and Uranus is pretty much the same as the one for Thursday's quintile between Sun and Uranus. The Sun and Mercury are both in Gemini. Embody your authentic egoic self, catch more intuitive flashes, and feel the inspiration in the air. And speaking of Uranus, the Moon is conjunct Uranus today around 10 p.m., so a few hours either side of that. That Uranian energy, which on the high side is awesome for catching intuitive flashes and being your unique, one-of-a-kind self and doing humanitarian work for the collective, is amplified with that conjunction. On Saturday, June 21st, the Sun enters Cancer. This is also the summer solstice. This is occurring at 6.51 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. The longest day of the year ushers in the energy of healing, security, and maternal nurturing. I'll be saying more about the summer solstice chart on this podcast next week and on my website and on my video forecast. I haven't written the uh, summer solstice forecast yet, but I'll have that done by the next podcast. God willing and the crick don't rise. (laughs) Also here on Saturday, a void moon kicks in at 624 p.m. And it resolves almost five hours later at 1104 p.m. as the moon enters Taurus. Moon in Taurus is exalted and it's a great energy to experience peace and just being calm in nature and just being, period. Also a nice energy for sensuality and really enjoying the five senses. That's all for Saturday and that's actually all for Sunday too because Sunday, June 22nd has nothing happening. So that ends this week's forecast. As we look ahead to next week's show, the week of June 23rd, our headlines will be a new moon in Cancer. Mars is going to oppose Uranus. That's pretty intense. And Quincunx Chiron. Venus will enter Gemini and square Neptune. The Sun will trine Neptune and Pluto will trine Pallas Athena. Nice lineup of events next week. As always, I will be here to suggest the best use of these astrological energies. You can hear my weekly forecast every week on This Week in Astrology. But would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it pop into your inbox every week? How about occasional bonus articles on astrology, healing, spiritual awakening, and more? That's what you'll get with AstroShaman's free weekly email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form near the top of the sidebar. And if you like to calculate your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? AstroShaman is an authorized dealer for SolarFire Gold, which can also run on your Mac. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose SolarFire Software from the drop-down menu. A free weekly forecast newsletter and the best available price on SolarFire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. I've got a brief announcement section for you. First, I want to thank those who sent their new charts in in the last couple of weeks, including Sarah, Heather, Sue, 
Colette, Chris, and Sean. And uh, I will be announcing the winner of our free consultation in honor of the summer solstice sometime in this section of the show. Listen carefully. Information on everything that follows is in the What's New section of the homepage of astroshaman.com, unless I tell you different. Uh, just announced a new shamanic awakening ceremony July 9th. That's a Wednesday night in Hendersonville, North Carolina, a little south of Asheville. This is going to be at the Namaste Center in Hendersonville by Love Offering. So if you're down that way and want to experience what I do, and Kimberly may be joining me, Kimberly Crow, then show up for that. Um, also, not yet on the website, but a Mark Your Calendar event is August 17, which is a Sunday. There's a Soul Journeys branded event. It's an all-day healing event near Asheville. There will be three presenters, including Kimberly and myself, doing a two-hour shamanic awakening ceremony. And I'll be telling you more about that and getting on the website as soon as I get the firm details from the uh, person putting the event together. As always, I put up a weekly YouTube video forecast with just the forecast. You can see me giving it as well as hearing me. Uh, my Tuesday night shamanic awakening meetup continues this Tuesday on June 17. Join us in person or by phone, 7.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern. And why don't I go ahead and tell you who won the free drawing? It's Carrie Ann. This is the Carrie Ann born October 17, 1974, 12.05 p.m. in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. So, Carrie Ann, you've got uh, two weeks to let me know that you know you won. Email me at info at astroshaman.com, and we will set up your free consultation. Those of you who did not win, which is everyone except Carrie Ann, if you haven't already sent me your info, please send me your name as well as your date, time, and city of birth. I'll put you in the drawing pile, and you'll have a chance to win every time the seasons change. So thanks very much. That's all the announcements. We'll have our live listener consultation right after this music break. That was the beginning of Breaking of the Shells by Billy McLaughlin. Welcome to our live listener consultation. Today, I'm delighted to be working with Monique. Monique, thank you so much for appearing on uh, This Week in Astrology. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so let me begin, uh, as always, by giving your natal data. 
Um, let me confirm that you're actually born November 6, 1982, 3.56 p.m. in Seattle, Washington. Is that correct? That is correct. And I believe we're also going to be looking at your husband's chart today. And yeah. and I don't know his name. And if you prefer to leave him anonymous, that's fine. If you want to give me like a first name to use, that's fine, too. Do you prefer anonymity or first name? His name's Wallace. That's, Wallace. That's fine. All right. Let me note that. So I show that Wallace is born January 6, 1978, 6.12 a.m. in Port Angeles, Washington. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Okay, so so tell me briefly what would you like to focus on today? Well, I found it odd because I was really getting into astrology, researching our charts. And Pluto is one of those planets that it might not hit anything, you know. Well, it, it might hit your chart, but it might not hit things like Saturn, you know, it always comes back. Uh-huh. And uh, I found it interesting that he had like a Sun conjunct, Venus conjunct Pluto within the same time frame that I was going through a Sun-Venus sextile with Pluto. Mm. And that just, it seemed interesting. Like, I always felt like we were soulmates. Right. Um, and some of our chart does indicate that, although... We tend to be hotheads, both of us. <laughs> well, you're hotheaded soulmates then. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're very much infused at this point. But we were going through a, a tough time a couple years ago, and now we seem to be doing a lot better. Like, we're going through something amazing because we're in the transit. Uh-huh. Um, but it, life has just been so much better. But at the same time, I feel like life is going to change dramatically. Mm -hmm. and of course, that has you panic. And you're like, what does mm -hmm. it mean, you know? how can I harness this? Right. And so that's, that's kind of the premise of mine, you know, um, he spends half the year fishing. So he's gone. He actually just left yesterday. Um, this is my first morning without him for three months. So, oh, wow. I, yeah. I assume he's a, like a professional fisherman out on the ocean kind of fishing. Yeah. Yeah. We met when I was 17 and we've been together 14 years now. And wow. we met when I was, uh, the first year, I did something called tendering. That's where you take the fish. You go around to the boats, and we met, and we've been together ever since. So. Wow, that's that's a delightful way to meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's pretty awesome. So I don't fish anymore, but he's done it since he was fourteen. Wow, I'd say he's he's probably getting pretty good at it by now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So um, so let me uh, clarify something you've said about what's happening in your natal charts. Um. So what you both have in your chart is a, uh, a strong conjunction between the Sun and Venus natally. In, in your chart, Monique, they're both in Scorpio. We've got the Sun at 14 degrees, 14 minutes Scorpio. Venus is 14 degrees, 58 minutes. So they're less than one degree apart. And that's a very tight Sun-Venus. Okay. But in, in Wallace's chart, he's got them in Capricorn. Um, and they're a little further apart. His Venus is 12 degrees, 9 minutes. His Sun is 15 degrees, 54. So that's more about a 4-degree orb of conjunction. But they're both strong. There's no question about that. Yeah, my, that's why the translate, like, mine's literally sandwiched between his, like, for this transit. <laughs> right, in the sense that your degree numbers are between his two planets' degree numbers. Exactly, yeah. Right. I always thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. And... Um, of course, what it says about you natally, anyone with a Sun-Venus conjunction is probably predisposed to really enjoy relationship because mm -hmm. Venus is relationship. The Sun is the core of who you are. And and your chart makes that even stronger because your um, Venus-Sun conjunction is in the seventh house. Yes. So, uh, and his is in the first house, which is just funny. <laughs> 
So, um, you know, we could go into the subtleties of that, but uh, we may do that as we move forward. But, you know, the thing that apparently motivated your question was the observation that you're both receiving powerful Pluto transits at the same time. And it's interesting, the nature of your connection is that, you know, in Sinistry, your your two Sun-Venus conjunctions are a sextile apart. Right. Yours are in Scorpio, right. his are in Capricorn. So they're about six degrees apart. That means they will receive transits from the same planets around the same times, but they will receive very different aspects. Okay. So in, in this case, he's, you know, since Pluto's in Capricorn right now, Pluto is now, you know, strongly conjuncting both his Venus and his sun. And that's, you know, definitely one of the biggest transits of his whole lifetime, if not, right. if not the biggest. I mean, Pluto on sun is about as strong as it gets, you know. Whereas you're getting a sextile from Pluto to your son, Venus. So there's a, well, one thing we'll cover today is the difference in flavor between the different aspects. And I'll be interested to get some feedback from you if you're open to it about the way each of you are you know, perceiving and responding to these energies. Absolutely. Uh, moon and Cancer, I tend to know how he feels before he feels it sometimes. <laughs> with that, Sweet. Okay, good. Um, so let let me uh, let me first talk in general about the nature of a Pluto transit for anybody. Okay, so okay. when Pluto comes along, regardless of the aspect, the first thing he wants to do is says, "Okay, what needs to be cleared away?" You know, Pluto is Lord of the Underworld. His first job is the Destroyer, like Kali. All right, so he says, "Okay, what no longer serves you?" And job one is let's clear out the old stuff that's getting in the way of your new journey, so you can make that journey. And he'll he will, you know, try to motivate you to release entirely that which doesn't serve you. And if you you've got something in place, whether it's an object or a situation or a relationship or whatever, that that could serve you if it was transformed. You know, we just need to tweak it instead of throw it out. Then he'll he'll try to motivate you into that transformation process. So that, to me, is, is always the first order of business when Pluto comes along. What do I need to release or transform? Um, when, you've, when you've cleared the deck sufficiently, then more of his empowerment phenomenon tends to light up because Pluto is tremendously powerful, dwarf planet or not. He is still the most potent transiting planet that I work with. Yeah. And, um, you know, he says, okay, uh, how, I'm going to give you as much power as you can handle, basically. And you have two levels on which you can use that. The less, um, the less conscious approach is to use it as ego power. And my, my standard images for that used in a, in a less helpful way are like Hitler and Darth Vader. You know, they're just, you know, I will control you and you will not defy me and you will do my will kind of an right. attitude. So one of the challenges of receiving a Pluto transit is if you're not careful, if there's any part of you that wants to have power over others, then it can really be lit up in a big way. So that's a good thing to watch for in yourself and in anyone you know who's having a Pluto transit. Are they getting all egomaniacal about things? Right. right? Okay. Um, but uh, a more conscious way, in my opinion, to use a Pluto transit is to say, wow, how deeply can I surrender? Because when I look at the, the glyph of Pluto, that's the circle over the arc over the cross, instead of just the letter P with an L on it. Uh, that glyph to me looks like a human being surrendering to God, raising the arms and saying, okay, just take me, I'm yours. And mm-hmm. and to me, that's the optimal way to use a Pluto transit because then you get way more power. Um, well, that sounds like it fits the uh, theme right now. Oh, good. <laughs> and when you do the surrender, then 
you know, to the degree to which you are able to let the divine part of yourself run the ego, kind of take charge of it, then the power you receive is is much, much greater than if you just insist on still just believing that you are just the body and the ego and, and limiting it to that level. Right. Yeah. So so that to me is um, is kind of the core prescription for how to use a Pluto transit. Um, and of course, you know, the key metaphors I use for Pluto are all about transformation. It's like the phoenix burning to ash and resurrecting, the snake shedding its skin, the caterpillar transforming into a beautiful butterfly. So, right. So you're both yeah, I having... Got, I got a phoenix tattooed on my arm, so... Ha 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 ha, yeah. Scorpio. Yeah, the, the phoenix, actually Scorpio has four animals that represent it, and the phoenix yeah. is the highest vibration of them all. So, cool. good choice. <laughs> yeah, I did that before I knew, and then I started researching. I was like, "Oh, that's, that's why I picked the Phoenix." Yeah, you knew before you knew. <laughs> okay, so that's the general vibe, and and what I'd like to do now is dive into how Pluto is affecting each of you, and and try to get some perspective on that, uh, because you you are both getting strong Pluto transits, but you're each getting it in kind of different ways. Right. So let me uh, let me pull your chart up here. Hang on, I want to look at the transit timing. So actually, the strongest thing Pluto is doing right now is not the sextile to your sun and Venus. It's the conjunction to your midheaven. Okay. Right, because it just went over my chart ruler, Mars, a little while ago. Yeah, that was uh, a couple of years ago, but yeah, yeah he was yeah. there. But um, but that, to me, is, is not the crux of what's happening now. The crux of what's happening now is Pluto conjunct your midheaven at 11 mm -hmm. degrees, 31 minutes. You and know, I've been trying to search for a career like my whole life. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, yeah, I very uh, people tend to say I'm very artistic, but on the other side I like to uh I've been teaching myself trig. I like to work with electronics. I read, I write, I paint. Mm. Jack of all trades type thing, but it's one of those I could never find that thing that I'm like I'm doing this forever. Okay. Aside from painting perhaps. Okay. Well, have you ever thought that you might be applying the wrong concept to career? Maybe you're not supposed to be doing something forever? I have, actually. I've thought about that a couple <laughs> times because I have so many projects that I come circling and I keep circling these projects, you know, like a, a book. Okay. Um, I tattoo. I uh -huh. actually taught myself how to tattoo and I'm nice. affiliated with a shop enough that I've tattooed in the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sculpted and things and I, I work on, I, my first love was I wanted to make cartoons. So I have this side project of, I have all of the things I need now to make the cartoon I've been collecting over the years. Nice. Okay. Um, May I? And now, now I'm gardening. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I want to build a automatic garden. Wow. So. Sweet. Okay. Well, let me, care. let me say just a little bit about your midheaven and it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's uh set up. Because many of the things you said are very clearly supported by your chart. Yes. Okay? So yeah. now again, I, I let me let me make an initial statement, which is what I'm about to do is a formal career analysis. But um, it's also worth noting that if any theme is super strong in your chart, it should be thought of in terms of career. Because I mean, you, for example, are a mega Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your Scorpio planets, the way I do planets, is you've got Mercury, Sun, Venus, Jupiter, and Pallas Athena all in Scorpio. Right. And that's, you know, most of the personal energy and a lot of others to boot in, in one sign. That's clearly your dominant sign, no contest. Right. So even though, um, 
even though Scorpio is not directly implicated in career, we have to take that into account. Well, actually, it is indirectly brought in, so let me show you how, okay? Okay. So what all I'm saying is the theme of Scorpio, which is death and rebirth, transformation, uh, you know, what what I would say with the chart like this, regardless of what else is indicated by the, the career analysis, you know, you would do well to be involved in things that involve personal transformation and growth. So okay. your career should, you know, what you do for a living should involve you growing and transforming as a result of what you do for a living. Okay. And ideally, you know, if you're working with people as part of your career, they should have positive transformation going on too. Right. Yeah, and, okay. and this is actually explicitly supported in your career analysis. Let me jump, let me tell you why that's so, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll get to that as, as level two. Let me, first, okay. let me just say the midheaven is Capricorn, all right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that gives us a message right there. It says you'll do well when whatever you're doing, you, you plan the work, you work the plan, you take a very business-like, methodical approach to it, you know, typical, you know, you know, left brain, get it organized, you know, keep it going, et cetera, kind of energy. Mm -hmm. And when you take an attitude that's mature and disciplined and responsible and you have good time management, those are all things that will help a lot in whatever you do for a living. Okay? Right. Now, but the 10th house is empty. There's not a single planet in it. Okay? That's the thing that's frustrating. <laughs> well, it doesn't ha I mean, my 10th house is empty, too, and I work all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> So this, this, this shows us the principle, just because a house is empty does not mean there's no energy there. Mm -hmm. Now, the converse is not, the, not, to show the opposite example, I mean, you've got a massively loaded seventh house, right? Yes. I mean, just to list the planets, you've got uh, Saturn, Pluto, Mercury, Sun, Venus, and Jupiter in the Porphyry house system. So that's clearly your dominant house. Relationships are obviously a really big deal for you, okay? Mm -hmm. But and uh, and that's that says this absolutely relationships are important in your life. There's no question about it. Oh yeah, my marriage is probably the number one thing in my life. I don't think it'll ever change, but I still feel like I need to be. I feel like the universe has more planned for me. I just don't know what it is. Type, you know, you're right. just sitting mm -hmm. on this thing. Right. Okay, and I'll, I will get to that. But let me. Okay. The point I'm making here by talking about the Lotus Seventh House is. Logically, one might assume, well, if a loaded house means that's a really important life theme, then an empty house must mean that it's not important. But ah. that's, that's actually not true. Oh, okay. Not necessarily. When you have an empty house, like you're, you're in my 10th house empty, I'm clearly a workaholic, you know, so mm -hmm. doesn't hold true for me. But what that means is not that it's not important, but that you need to go get more information. And the right. way you get more information on an empty house is first you interpret the, the sign itself, as we did as you're mm -hmm. starting, and then you go find the ruler or rulers of that sign. Okay. okay. So, so to learn more about you in career context, we've got to go find Saturn, which is the ruler of Capricorn. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. okay. Right. Okay. So where do we find Saturn? Saturn's in Libra. Right. right at the beginning of the seventh, I believe. And exactly conjunct Pluto. Right. Five minutes of orb, one-twelfth of one degree off exact conjunction. They're, they're joined at the hip. So this already gives us a lot of great information. You mentioned a bunch of things that are artistic that you would love to do for a living, right? Yes. Well, kind of do a little of them all. Right. Well, guess what? Libra, among its meanings, is the sign of the artist. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to have the career ruler Saturn in Libra definitely supports doing things artistically for a living. So, so that's, that's got support. Um, I'm, I made an earlier statement. You got so much going on in Pluto that, you know, take that into account in your career, even if we don't have an explicit, you know, indicator about career there. But guess what? We do in, in the astrology alphabet, which says there's a planet sign and house that all mean the same thing. 
Pluto and Scorpio are synonyms. They mean exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. And here's your midheaven ruler Saturn, a very tightly conjunct Pluto. So that brings in all that Pluto stuff I've been talking about. The, the career should involve transformation for you and those you work with. You know, and, um, and the other thing I said about when I said you may not just be here to do one thing, Pluto is constant change. Pluto is not stability. Pluto is saying it's always going to be changing and transforming and evolving. Okay? So this indicates to me that the question, what am I going to do when I grow up, is the wrong question. The right question is, what's the next career avenue I'm going to take for a while until it transforms yet again into something else? Okay. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so so basically in my interpretation, the chart gives you permission to do a lot of different things for a living. It's fine. Okay? And and the the fact that it, Pluto has another meaning, which is great wealth, right, indicates there's also the possibility here that you might, if you do something that really fits you, you might make a lot of money at some point. I just point. need to get off my butt and actually do these passions. Of well, the, yeah, you do sort of have to do the work to make the money most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's that caveat. <laughs> but um, again, it, it, my, I'm getting the sense perhaps you've been hung up a little, you know, with figuring out what is the one thing I'm supposed to be doing. And as a result, you're not doing any of it. When to me, the chart says, no, there's plenty of stuff you can do for a living. Just keep jumping from thing to thing as, okay. as, as your intuition inspires you. So you might try that idea on and see if it feels appropriate. Yeah, it sounds like it. It kind of sounds like something I've been doing, but I just need to accelerate, perhaps. Yeah, and and again, the uh, the limitations in our minds can really run interference with our reality in the world because the I two think are. That is the biggest problem I have in life. <laughs> well, I think it's actually everybody's biggest problem. Right. right. <laughs> but that's, in your case, but in your case, the, basically, I'm saying it's okay to not have to. Before you do this next thing for a living, decide, is this the one thing I'll do for the rest of my life? Just say, this is the next thing in a series. And there's no amount of time I have to keep doing it. I'll just do it until the synchronicity shows me that it's time to move on to whatever the next thing is. And by the way, you could certainly do several things at once. A little of this, a little of that to all create a composite income. All right? Now, in addition, as we mentioned earlier, Pluto is conjunct your midheaven, right? And, you know, this is an extremely powerful uh, event because Pluto on the midheaven says huge transformation of career. Um, the vibe I kind of got from you before is that you really haven't been doing much of anything for a living or at least not generating a significant income so far. Is that correct? No, I've kind of based myself as the, uh, the, the mom. I don't have children who uh-huh. really do want some, mm-hmm. uh, but that just hasn't happened in the last 10 years of marriage. Okay. But we have three cats two dogs, five chickens, and we just built a huge mm. garden. Oh. So it's, uh, I just, I'm building the house right now. And when he leaves for five months out of the year, I usually use that time where I'll go, okay, I'm going to work on my story or my comic or my whatever I'm doing. Right, right. Moment. You get me time. And I just kind of keep building it. And the last few years I've tattooed, um, not st- not regularly, because I never really do anything super regularly, but mm-hmm. tattooing is that thing I can do because of the relationships. It's a one-on-one thing, and it involves art, right. and it involves needles, which is a Mars thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I was like, maybe this is kismet, but it's really lulling. Like, I really want to get into it, but mm-hmm. it's a man industry, and I'm super girl. <laughs> like, okay. I'm, I'm really one of those, you know, I don't like to step on toes. I don't like to be pushy. 
and and tattooing is really a guy's hardened hardened guys kind of a thing in a way. Well, it depends where less, you're at. Less so now. <laughs> at least I mean, I live in Asheville, and I know hundreds of people with tattoos, and most of them are real mellow New Agers. So yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just and depends on the environment you're in. <laughs> it, it's changing for sure, and I love that because I'm kind of you know maybe like I'd like to refer to myself as a modern day hippie. Mm, um, nice. In that I just like I like nature, I like the earth, I like everything that I can get back to the universe. Nice. Well, I applaud you for holding that wonderful attitude. I'm, I'm attempting. You know, on my good days, the universe is doing exactly what it's doing. And on my bad days, I'm a speck and I don't know where to fit in. So, <laughs> okay. You know. I understand. Well, let me let me talk a little bit more about Pluto on your midheaven by transit. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is a, a massive empowerment of career. So you have the option to use this in that way. So... Okay. What is bringing up for me is a, a little story from my own life. I, I tell this occasionally on the show, so I apologize to those listeners who've already heard this. But um, when I moved to Asheville, just as an example of the, what I'm about to tell you, I came here to be a singer-songwriter, and that was in 2001. And I had quit a, a very well-paying corporate gig in sales to do this dream. And it was the first time in my life at the age of 41 I'd actually dared to follow my dream all out with no reservations. Right. And I failed. I did not even come close to making a living as a singer-songwriter. But because, my metaphorically, my train had finally left the station of life purpose and I was now barreling down the track I believed in, even though it was the wrong track, it made it easy for my inner guidance to subtly shift me over to astrology. I, I, after a couple of years here, I met Kelly Lee Phipps, who is uh, recently deceased, my mentor. And yeah. we became best friends, and I became his mentee, and I learned astrology, have developed a huge passion. And by the time I was willing to throw in the towel as a, as a musician, I was ready to hang out my shingle as an astrologer. And discovered I actually liked it better. I discovered I could get more satisfaction helping others awaken to their purpose and, and true nature than I do just getting applauded on the stage. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that, you know, morphed into shamanic healer and, you know, all the other things that I do. But the, to me, the, 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 the moral of the story is not to get it right the first time, which I didn't. The moral of the story is to follow your passion with everything you've got and to just go for it. And when you do that, something really magical happens. Even if you pick the wrong path in terms of professional destination, you'll still make it much easier for the universe to then shunt you off to another track that is the one you're actually supposed to be on. But if you never leave the station in the first place, if like, you know, in your situation, it kind of sounds like I'm just sort of, you know, dabbling in this, dabbling in that. I'm not really committing to any one career path in a serious way. Right. Right. Until you do, it's going to be very hard for the universe to help you in a really big way because you have no momentum. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I would say to you is, you know, whichever of these options feels the juiciest and most exciting to you, the one in which you have the greatest enthusiasm, which is God telling you do this, in my opinion. Right. Uh, that's the one to jump into and just jump into it full steam. Do it all the way. Don't hold back. You know, really make a serious time and energy commitment to it. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, then you'll see doors start to open and you'll start to see really meaningful, you know, movement into that as a legitimate career path for yourself. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. And and the timing is exquisite because you have the most powerful transiting planet in astrology on your midheaven. Right. And he's he's radiating tremendous power right onto the midheaven right now. 
and he's nowhere done. He's going to conjunct that midheaven twice more before he's done. And oh, you've got easy a couple. That's of, right. You've got Going easily back and forth right now. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. In the uh, let me just check the timing here. He will, yeah, in late summer, early fall, he will hit the midheaven twice more. Okay, wow. the, in the late summer and fall, and then he'll still be in orb. Let me just get the timing here. See, so your your midheaven's basically eleven degrees thirty minutes until he gets to fourteen thirty and doesn't come back. He's still working it. So let me just watch for a minute. Okay, he's done there. I'm I'm yeah. what, I'm running a transit chart, or rather, I'm animating my wheel. So he'll be strong there through pretty much the end of 2015. So you have about a year and a half of Pluto continuing to be strong in the midheaven. He's halfway That's done. That's my dream. Right. So so what I'm saying is if you want to make really good use of this, then, I mean, you're now, you know, you're, you're on your own for a few months. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And therefore, this would be a really good time to start moving powerfully into that career direction. All right. So that would be, again, you don't have to. And if you sit it out and Pluto moves along and you don't take any serious steps toward career, then the opportunity will pass. You know, the universe can't force you to work with a transit in a good way. Right. But uh, the opportunity is certainly there. All right. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So that, that's a really juicy way to use Pluto on Midheaven that you could do if you wanted to. So that's all very juicy stuff. And hopefully... Uh, the listeners have gotten some good astrological insights from that, but none of this is the question you even asked, which is mm -hmm. <laughs> the the aspects to the Venus Sun conjunctions in your heart chart as well as Wallace's, right? Yep. So now that I've you know waxed on and on about Pluto and and the strongest thing it's doing, let's talk about Pluto aspecting Sun and Venus in your chart. Now okay. it it doesn't take a huge leap of of imagination to see that a Sun Venus conjunction, which is obviously can be very much about relationships in the seventh house, which can be very much about relationships, that this would powerfully affect relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. So any aspect from Pluto to your Venus sun combo is going to be about the transformation of relationship. Okay. Now aspects come in different flavors. You know, the sextile, the 60 degree connection from Pluto over to these two is a soft aspect. So more often than not, these are easier to work with. Okay. And what you've reported to me is that you and your husband have reached a whole new level of depth and connection. You're feeling more, you said new passion has ignited and you're actually connecting more, more deeply than ever before. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For a while it was interesting because every summer he'd leave and we'd fight you mm -hmm. know, before he left. Right. And it was getting worse over the years. We've been together 10 years, December, married 14 years, but married 10 years, December. Okay. And the last... These last two springs when he's left, he just doesn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. And it's because we are so, just so much more connected. We had this moment where we just kind of opened up to each other mm, and everything sweet. changed. You know, It's the learning to love each other fully and being open and honest and telling the other person everything and still, you know, accepting the other person. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're saying this last period just before he left, you felt... Uh, an even deeper connection than before. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, this is this is Pluto doing its sextile. This is one of the factors going on here, okay? So Pluto, you know, he's Lord of the Underworld. He says, Pluto energy, Scorpio energy says, let's get real. Let's be completely honest. Let's expose everything, mm -hmm. okay? Now, that's on the high side, right? And And this, of course, is assuming that that's appropriate. I mean, if you're if you're the if you're being tortured by the enemy and you can't reveal your secrets obviously that's not a good strategy but right. <laughs> it's, it's a situational but in, in a situation Maybe if you're around Putin. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so in your case, though, you're in a you're in a safe container. It's a, it's optimal to open fully and connect as deeply as you can, and you're doing that. And so here's Pluto saying, let's expose all the way and open fully, and and you know Pluto says, let's let's open up all the secrets. Okay. Now now Scorpio and Pluto are also known for keeping secrets. So what we could say in this context is secrets is the theme around mm-hmm. Pluto Scorpio. But it can be either about concealing or revealing, depending on the context. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but Pluto says let's let's get down into the mucky stuff, the the things we normally wouldn't tell people about us, and we'll show them. And the sextile, which is you know flowing, you know excitement, flowing you know excitation of the connection. You know, it's more like the rapids in a river running smoothly and beautifully over the rocks, right? There's agitation, but it flows, right? Right. But it's smooth. It's like you, if you're in a raft, you, you just go right over those rapids real smooth and easy is the, the image I'm seeing, right? Instead of getting, like, capsized or something, all right? So Pluto here is saying, okay, I'm empowering your ability to connect more deeply with your partner, and it's exactly what you've done, right? Yes. So, um, so your, your relationship has transformed, but it sounds like it's transformed for the better. Is that your perception? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's still, in a way, going through that transformation, mm-hmm. but we're over the, the large hump of, do we stay together, you know, like, I don't think that's going to be an issue from here on out. Good. Well, that must be uh, a big relief. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it is. Without going into too much detail, it was a big relief when I kind of, when my husband, you know, men are more closed off than females, when he finally opened up to me, it was just, it was a way for us to really start talking about everything else in our lives. Oh, good. Good. Okay, and, and by the way, this is not the only thing happening in this area. Mm. You have Saturn, which had recently passed over, and I'd, I'd be curious about the timing of this. Let me just uh, get my animation back up here just a minute. So, um, again, I'm going to lean in and have a look at where, where this was happening. Uh Okay, I'm just getting the timing, so give me a sec here. So Saturn conjuncted the Sun-Venus in your in your chart. Looks like October, November, part of December. So late fall, early winter. Yeah, last year. So okay. so normally when Saturn conjuncts things, if there are structural weaknesses, he, he brings them out so you can be aware of them and do something about them. Right. So I'm just curious, was that period, October, November, December of last year, a significantly challenging period in your relationship? Actually, physically. Phys- um, not for him, but I started hurting. I have hip problems. Okay. Uh, and so I think that actually, I was going through a challenge. I was very frustrated. I was happy with my life, but unhappy that I could not move so well. Mm. So the relationship was not challenged during this? No, no. My body was challenged. Huh. And in fact, I'm still struggling with it. Well, from a medical astrology perspective, the hips are ruled by Jupiter and Sagittarius, mm-hmm. and and Jupiter's right after your Venus. So right. in terms of the timing, so it's hitting my Jupiter. Yeah, around December of last year, Saturn made the conjunction to Jupiter and has been stationing on it ever since. Got um, it. And or close to it, and Saturn will not leave Jupiter until about the end of October of this year, 2014. Right. So it was late last year about the time when your hip started giving you problems? Yeah, it was around the time I went to Alaska to visit my family. Hmm. And uh, I came back and my hip started hurting. That was around October, November. Okay. Um, so Saturn yeah. was just coming into loose loose conjunction by then? 
Okay. So um, that fits the astrological timing from a medical astrology perspective. Saturn on Jupiter could be hip problems since that's one of the areas Jupiter rules. So, um, but he'll be done by the end of October. And of course, be good. <laughs> but again, he's also saying, take a serious look at this and take whatever healing steps feel appropriate to deal with this. Okay. So Saturn on Jupiter, you know, is, is kind of giving you that message through a physical, it's in my opinion, you know, based on the shamanic work that I do, um, mm -hmm. it's never just the physical thing. Nothing happens in your physical world without a spiritual energetic cause. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, part of the thing with having children is as much as I would like them, uh -huh. I believe that the universe will give them to you if you're doing what you need to karmically. Right. So I'm kind of, that was a big uh, part of the reason I'm, I have been so stressed out, especially since I had this dream where I, in the dream I was shuffling tarot cards and some of the, some beneficial lady came down and said you know stop stressing out you will figure this all out by and she gave me a date which is late 2015 mm -hmm. um that i've just been so stressed out i think part of it is i know i can apply this in any way i want and i think what i need to do is exercise like i think i just i think i need to build my body up mm-hmm um, and so that's kind of something that my mind's been on, but that's one of my biggest struggles. Mm. Uh, I can handle almost anything in life, but food is my downfall. Mm -hmm. So you're a little overweight? Uh, yeah, I'm like 5'2", and mm. I'm just over 200, so it's for my size, I am heavy. Okay. Yeah, and, and so. again, for medical astrology, your chart shows a potential disposition to overweight. Because yeah. guess <laughs> that's my my biggest like I said my biggest struggle is food and yeah. not eating it. <laughs> right. So Jupiter rules fat, yeah. and and Jupiter is um, within about five degrees of your Sun Venus conjunction. Mm -hmm. So so that the Sun is the core of who you are. So of course, I get conjunction yeah. with like the heavy planet. Right. But he's right. also the planet of jollity and enthusiasm and celebration. So he's certainly got plenty of good attributes too. It's but um, me. Yeah, but the great thing is with most of your personal planets in Scorpio, which is about transformation, you know, mm -hmm. the transformation to a thinner, healthier person is always open to you. Right. And yeah, and I, think, I you, think that's part of the thing that I will be working on here. Yeah, and and by the way, the fact that Saturn is conjunct loosely, I mentioned the conjunction, but what I didn't get around to yet is that Saturn is now retrograding back to the Sun Venus conjunction, right? Oh, now really? he's he's not going to hit it exactly. Okay. Let me just uh, let me get the exact timing here. So Saturn will come back into orb of them around the beginning of July. He'll station right around 17, which, I mean, it's loose, I grant you. He's going to be within about three degrees when he stations, but that's still in his orb of power. And Jupiter represents fat and Saturn represents lean. Jupiter's expansion, Saturn's contraction. So, um, so he's kind of stationing between them. Yeah, and really, so Saturn on the planet that rules fat, as well as these critical core planets of who you are, Sun and Venus, you know, is an excellent energy under which to, you know, lose weight. Okay. So you have plenty of astrological support in that direction, so you've already got the wind in your sails if you want to carry that forward. Mm. So I just wanted to point that out as well. These are these are typical of the kind of tangents that come up when I do a, a client session, by the way. Here we're trying to talk about... Pluto, sextile, Sun, Venus, but there's all this other rich material that comes in around the edges. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the, I'm the 
queen of derailment. So I apologize <laughs> if I derailed you more than No, this. no, no. I, I, if, I, if I go onto a tangent, I do it consciously. We'll return with the rest of our live listener consultation. How much valuable astrological information can you get for just $15? Far more than you might expect, thanks to the Time Passages Natal Report. This is by far the best natal computer report I have ever seen. It provides an extraordinary depth of interpretation with a consistently positive tone. A computer report can never replace a human astrologer, but the Time Passages Natal Report will provide you with a wealth of insights into your natal chart. It can also serve as a great introduction to astrology or help anyone understand themselves better. I was amazed at how much I learned about myself from its insightful interpretations. The Time Passages Natal Report also makes a unique and affordable gift for all occasions. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose Computer Reports from the drop-down menu. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. How much valuable astrological information can you get for just $15? Order your risk-free Time Passages Natal Report and find out. You say you're you're in the midst of this. What's the dilemma? Is it the dilemma whether to have kids or not, or what's what's the issue that well, you're we've wrestling with? Well, we've been trying to have kids, but I think I'm just too heavy. I mm-hmm. think if I did have kids, it would hurt me, and that's why I haven't. Huh. Okay. Um, but another thing I've looked at was really depressing. Was I have nothing in my fifth house? I have a bunch in my seventh house. So I'm wondering, like, now what you know, lesson did I just teach you a few minutes ago about it that? It doesn't concept? necessarily mean it. So I'm wondering what that means, like. Well, I have if, to well, treat something else as my child and really focus on that. And well, God if, will give me that second. Well, for astrological, I mean, the fifth house is the house of oh. children, right? Right, right. So no planets, but Leo on the cusp. And by the way, the empty house says, you know, this lifetime doesn't have to be about having kids. Yeah, okay? exactly. And that's another thing I've thought about. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you had a totally loaded fifth house, there would, there would be a far greater likelihood that, yeah, you were definitely supposed to have biological children. Um, that, but even that's not mandated. The fifth house has many other meanings as well. Okay. But if that's the discussion, then we'd need to go find the ruler of the fifth house, the sun, which rules Leo, which is the very planet receiving the sextile from Pluto and the conjunction from Saturn right now. Okay. Okay? So again, Pluto sextiles your sun for the next year and a half. So, you know, one way in which you could choose to partner with this is take the ruler of children in your chart, the sun, Pluto sextile, and say, okay, I'm going to transform my relationship with kids because I have none. The only transformation is to have one. So okay. you could then choose to conceive and give birth, right? right. So that's, that's one possible way of many to use that Pluto sextile sun. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to point out that as a possibility, okay? Okay. Uh, also, in a, in a looser interpretation, if Pluto's conjunct your midheaven, it's also opposing your fourth house cusp, the IC. Mm-hmm. And that's the house of family. Right. Your birth family as well as your, the family you create on your own. So it's not the house of children, you know, tech, literally, but it definitely relates to children because the family is obviously inclusive of the children, right? Mm-hmm. So Pluto opposing the fourth house cusp could also indicate a shift in family somehow, which could certainly include the birth of a child. So again, okay. none of this mandates saying you must definitely have a child now, but if you're right. leaning in that direction, there, it, it's just showing there is astrological support in that direction if you're so-called. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Okay. So um, I think that's probably enough on how Pluto is hitting your Venus sun. So mm-hmm. basically the, the core way in which we've seen that express is 
a positive transformation in your marriage relationship. Right. Okay. Um, I'll mention in just in passing one more way that could work. Venus is the artist and Pluto could also be empowering your creative, your creative energies. Let me just ask in the last year and a half, have you felt more empowerment around your creative output than before? A little bit. I was really starting to uh, draw paint at like, draw and these tattoos were starting to look better and better Uh um but then i kind of got sidetracked and i started building uh micro uh i'm sorry they're called microcontrollers or small things in which i also program on the computer Uh um and i've really started to work on like i said my greenhouse so I'm, i'm programming it to where i want it to read the temperature raise the sides of the walls water it and I've, I dived really heavy into that, but as things change, anytime some, like my husband came home unexpectedly, he'd never been here in May in like 20 years. Wow. And he showed up this spring and it kind of shook us up and we put the garden together. And now that he's gone, I've, I've gotten into painting again. So hmm. I kind of, anytime I get shaken up, I just gravitate to whatever will calm me the most, I think. And that's. Good. I'm getting back in. I want. I really want to start drawing here in the next couple of days heavily. Okay, good. Well, again, Pluto sextile Venus would definitely support that as one of your yeah. uh, modalities. Okay, uh, let's take a moment and, and look at William's chart. Uh, again, his transit is much more powerful than yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to have Pluto conjunct the Sun and Venus in Capricorn is, is way stronger. There's definitely some stuff going on for him as well. Okay. So so let me just kind of, you know, I've, I've kind of explained the principles of how I do interpretation already, so I'll just fast-track mm-hmm. this a little bit. Okay, Pluto conjunct the sun is, you know, potentially the most power, empowering and, and transformational transit of a lifetime. The sun is the core of who you are. Pluto is massive change. Mm-hmm. So if he's if he's working it well then by the time pluto finishes this conjunction to the sun he'll be a very different william than he was when this whole thing started well yes because he's a wallace (laughs) (laughs) there you go and uh i'm i'm just checking again the timing i'm leaning in here to to see this clearly and as i pull pluto back he'll be finished he'll have pluto on his sun through 2017 the end of 2017. Oh, wow. It's, it's okay. just now warming up to it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got basically three and a half years now of Pluto on the sun and embracing transformation. Again, I already gave you the kind of overview. You know, I would advise him to avoid getting into power trips over people. You know, right. just as much as he can surrender to his own inner guidance, the more power he'll get. And and, and I would... His, it's actually, to give you some context, his father is retiring and he's been fishing with him his whole life so he's going through a whole thing of where do i fish now where do i go and my thing is i keep telling him keep your head down work (laughs) not (laughs) anything else (laughs) well you know he may be rethinking his entire identity right now i I think so i think he's he likes he's a capricorn and he's a, a field grazing capricorn he likes similarity and he's getting shaken up. So I think it's good for him. But with my moon and cancer, I'm also always panicking for him. <laughs> <laughs> always panicking and praying. Okay. Well, um, again, your panic doesn't really help him. No. Because, no. I mean, no, yeah. I don't panic in front of him. I just I worry for him and I pray for him. So. Okay. All right. Well, that's, you know, that's another tangent I could go off on, but I'm not going to just for reasons of time. 
in terms of how how your the energy you hold will affect him. Yes, um, I tend to be his calm. Okay, okay, good. So um, basically, you know, I would just understand from your perspective, he is potentially going to go profound and unpredictable transformation uh, mm-hmm. for the next three and a half years. Okay. And, you know, I would say just love and support him and give him as much space as you can to go through this. All right. Because, you know, he's, he, he should not end up the same person. Right. If he does, then he hasn't really done the transit the way it was supposed to happen. Right. Okay. Right. So just give him space to transform and evolve, and and it may be a very muddy, confusing time for him. Pluto transits tend to be that way. You kind of get a lot of smoke in the air, and you really can't tell what's going on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, he's simultaneously having Uranus square his son, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, really close right now. And I'm just going to, again, check timing on the duration of that. Give me a sec to look at that. That would be 19. So Uranus will square his son through February of 2016. So he's got almost two years of that. Okay. So together, Pluto and Uranus create revolutionary transformation. So not only will he be asked to make big changes, he he may make them very quickly. You know, Mm -hmm. Pluto by itself is kind of slow paced. It takes its time. But Uranus wants it yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, and, and if that wasn't enough, these planets are also... Um, his his midheaven IC axis, which you're getting hit so hard right now with Pluto, is um, only a degree past where his sun is. So for a year longer, oh, okay. you know, he may also start questioning what he does for a living, the midheaven, and and his home environment may transform in some way. That obviously impacts you, right? Yeah, yeah. And what I would expect to happen for sure, I'd, I've never seen a client with a setup like this who hasn't gone through this is that he's going to be purging a ton of old emotional stuff. He's going to have his old childhood wounds come up for clearing. He may be clearing karma from past lives. You know, it's going to be mucky and messy, and a lot of emotions may come up that are very strong that he doesn't understand. So that's all real possible, and and I would say virtually certain to happen for him. Especially, yeah, his moon is in the 12th house. Mm Mm-hmm. Conjunct Neptune. he never knows quite how he feels. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Okay, but but it also shows he's really sensitive, okay? Yes, he's very sensitive. He doesn't like to show it, but he is. Right. So so I guess um, if he does not already have a modality that helps him clear heavy stuff that comes up emotionally, mm-hmm. then it would be good for him to, to find such a modality. Okay. And, and the one I recommend to people is my healing invocation. You just say seven words to your higher self, maximum healing that serves highest good, please, or maximum clearing that serves highest good, please. And then you just rest passively in the breath and let the divine energy come in and flush out all that heavy, dense energy that has come up for clearing. Yeah, I, I have a similar thing I do. He doesn't. He's not quite, he thinks this is kind of floofy. He's the very stable one. <laughs> he, uh, him and I go back and forth on whether or not Sasquatch is real. He believes Sasquatch is real, but mm-hmm. I believe angels are real. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have this angel versus Sasquatch debate, which sums up our relationship mm-hmm. quite well in a way. <laughs> Interesting. Well, um, I would ask, why can't they both be real? Well, I don't think that they, they could possibly both be real, but he doesn't want to believe. I'll, I'll concede the Skyswash. He will not concede the angels. <laughs> so so I've, been, I've been giving him, like, NDE experiences and, and things, telling him stories. And he's, it's kind of perked his interest because my chiropractor started telling me about an OBE he had. Okay. 
And and for those who don't know her her acronyms, NDE is a near death experience, and OBE oh, yes, is an out of body experience. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Good. So he's not. He's clearly not actively open spiritually. He's not working in other dimensions or anything at this point. Nope. I'm like his spiritual ambassador, always trying to show him <laughs> there's something out there. You know, my grandma has cancer, and we were talking the other day, and she told me about. She fell off a balcony, and she said she saw herself, but she didn't know what had gone on at the time. And my husband walked away, and I was like, see, I had we'd been driving to my grandma's house, and I was telling him about all these NDDs. And as we drove away, I was like, do you believe my grandma? <laughs> and he kind of had to stop and go, you know, I, I kind of do. I don't believe she'd lie, but he's mm-hmm. still apprehensive about it. Oh, sure. Um, so. that That's the natural response of anyone who hasn't actually opened to those kind of experiences yet. Right, right. Yeah. He's the wait and, you know, happen to me, then I'll believe it kind of guy. Yeah, but but remember, too, you can't force someone to awaken before they're ready. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I, I kind of, I like to leave them be. Okay, so it sounds like you're planting seeds, but not, you know, insisting yeah, that he yeah. do something I'm, he's not ready for actually, yet. Actually, that's funny you say that. Planting seeds is like a theme I've got. <laughs> well, you're a gardener after all, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> even before that, I was really into church as a kid, and I always considered myself the seed yeah. Yeah. But um, one thing I'll just. Yeah, I'm being called to say this. Um, he has Neptune very strongly placed in his natal chart. It is conjunct yes. his moon. It's like uh, seven, it's about six and a half degrees roughly past his moon. And Neptune's very conjunct his ascendant mm-hmm. uh, by about a degree. Mm-hmm. So this means a lot of sensitivity. So he's sensitive to other people's energies and stuff out in the world. I'm, I'm guessing he's really empathic. He can feel other people's emotions, too. Yeah. I think so. He doesn't, I don't, I can see it. He can't see it. Huh. But I can see him feed. Like, we feed off each other sometimes for good and bad. Okay. But uh, he, I have a feeling, is slightly more empathic than me. He just doesn't know how to place it. He just gets right. mad at people and he doesn't know why. Okay. All right. Well, the, 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 the thing I would say for anyone who has such a strong Neptune placement Mm-hmm. is that um, if you don't cultivate its high side, its low side will will, will pester you. And the low side of Neptune is getting in. And again, I'm not saying he's done any of these things, by the way, or anyone, but the low side of, of a strong Neptune not used well is, you know, substance abuse or getting into a whole bunch of escapist stuff or playing the victim or the martyr or being drifting and aimless. So right. if any of those show up for such a person, if they can either cultivate some kind of connection spiritually with what they really are, which is pure awareness in the divine realm, or if they can, if they're getting, I'm, I'm getting, he also has a lot of creative inspirations about stuff. Mm-hmm. If he can, can work with those and manifest those as he gets the visions, that's another good way to use Neptune. Often okay. it's in the arts very specifically, you know, painting, drawing, music, or whatever. Um, but, you know, it can also be just practical creativity in daily life. Mm-hmm. I've actually... We- we're always trying to find hobbies together, and I got into miniatures. I want to play this game called Warhammer 40K, uh-huh. and and I'm trying to get him to paint his army, and he likes it, but he doesn't, because I'm an artist, he gets mad. <laughs> like, it doesn't look as good. I was like, but you want to own your army, you know? <laughs> so I've always pushed him towards art, because it's so subjective, and he right. has fun with it, but it's something he only does once in a while. Okay. And again, you can't push the river. He'll, he'll. Oh yeah. You know, no, if we, it. We like to dabble in a little bit of everything. We've tried everything together, and if it doesn't nice. work, great. You know. Okay, good. Uh, one, one last thing I want to say about him is um, back to the Pluto on his son Venus. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention. I don't think yet that Venus is his midheaven ruler. We have Libra on the midheaven for him. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Okay. Um, and Pluto that is... explains a few things. And Pluto is also squaring his midheaven. As I mentioned, it's squaring his midheaven IC axis as part of what it's doing. Okay? Okay. So this gives us a double message. We've got not only a square to the midheaven from Pluto, but a conjunction to the midheaven ruler. And when mm. you get a, a re-emphasis like that, it makes it more likely. So I would say odds are that some kind of transformation in his career is, is in the offing. Okay. Now, now, in a sense... It already, if, if I understood you correctly, you said he always went out and fished with his dad, and his dad isn't going out on the boat anymore. Is that correct? Right. Well, something similar to that. He's going through a transition period where, you know, things are changing for him. Okay. In terms of what he does for a living with the fishing, right? Right, right. Okay. And that's, that's clearly indicated with Pluto mm-hmm. double-emphasizing Midheaven theme, right? Mm-hmm. So I would tell him something, some, some kind of change is definitely on schedule now. It could be a very positive and life-affirming change. Right. Mm-hmm. Pluto doesn't say good or bad change. It just says change. OK. Right. So so tell him to just be ready to release whatever clearly no longer is going to be there in his work okay. environment and to allow the situation to transform and evolve into whatever it's coming into next. Right. And I'll mention just as a side note, huh, I mean, he has Pluto conjunct his midheaven two minutes away. Yep. Pluto is 1638 Libra. His midheaven is 1640. So I would think change would be a constant factor in his career and that he would always be having to evolve through transformation in what he does. He actually had a very stable career comparatively to me. Um, he's always <laughs> done the same thing. So, Well, has it um, now the other, as I mentioned to you, Pluto is also a wealth indicator. Has he done well with his fishing financially? Yeah. Um, our years are, you know, with fishing, fishing's kind of like gambling or playing <laughs> Pokemon. You have to catch them all to make it work. Right. So, so you're you're out there and you're just hoping. Uh, I don't know. It's been predicted to be an okay year, but next year is supposed to be really good. Although my father always called them paper fish, so I'm a wait and see. Okay, I guess I guess the what actual I'm actual fishing. He's he, he's always basically done the same thing. Though. Okay. All right. So the Pluto here. The point I'm making is that Pluto doesn't mean he keeps changing his career, right? Mm-hmm. Because clearly he hasn't. But what I'm exploring is the other possible meanings of Pluto, which is, you know, it could be just a wealth indicator. Or it, for that matter, it could be a feast or famine indicator. Pluto is either, you know, one extreme or the other in interpretation, right? right? Well, he's always done pretty well, but his father's taught him really well. Well, good. You know, like, to be careful with his money. Well, sure. So, so in this case, Pluto has indicated financial prosperity in his career. Okay. Do you see well, what I'm saying? Awesome. Okay. And and it's worked more on the making money side than on the change side. Okay. okay. Yeah. So unless so. of course he himself is is continually transformed by what he does for a living. In other words, even mm-hmm. if he keeps doing the same thing, does the the nature of the job keep evolving and transforming him in a real active way? And that may not be Possibly. the case. Possibly, I think more now than ever. Okay. So that's another way that could that could play. There's always okay. m- multiple ways. That's yeah, why astrology is... Yeah, funny thing about those planets. Yeah, they're archetypally predictive, not concretely predictive. We right. can't say exactly what they're going to do. We can just look at the, the range of possible themes, and then the way I do it is, okay, which theme do you want to see more of? Then you mm-hmm. consciously partner with that planet and, and work to make that positive, life-affirming theme more prominent in your life. All right. So that's kind of the way I do it. Okay, so so in summary, we've we've covered a lot of tangential points, and we're we're coming up. I think we're five minutes off an hour, so this is a nice, good length for what we've done. Yeah. So, in in a sense, uh, let me just summarize the theme we were 
you know, focusing on we got we didn't spend most of our time on it, but you know, the thing was, oh, you know what? I do need to wrap one more thing. Um, okay. His Pluto. I haven't. I've really only talked about Pluto on his Venus in terms of career as its midheaven mm-hmm. ruler, but it is the planet of relationship for everybody. So you both. I assume that he also is experiencing your relationship as positively transformed in recent I, time, right? I think so. From my side, he's more attached than ever. He he doesn't run off and hide as much as he used to. <laughs> okay. Tend to tend to spend a lot more time together. That's beautiful. Okay, mm-hmm. so there there's the positive transformation of relationship predicted by transit Pluto on Venus. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it, by the way, I wanted to say this speaks well for the foundation you've created together because if you had not had a solid original foundation this might have torn you apart yeah i yeah. like again i think it it had the potential too we did there was a moment where it's do we go to counseling and he decided he would mm-hmm. and i think that made all the difference in the world in good the end. It, That's it took beautiful. a year for it to really manifest but mm-hmm. after the counseling it was a lot better good and pluto rules psychology too in case yep. you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I thought about looking at my chart, just going, okay, according to my chart, I guess the best possible one would be psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I was like, you know, it, it might be fun, but uh, I'm good. I can <laughs> <I need laughs> express myself. Okay, good. Okay, so um, so basically, um, you both had the outcome from Pluto aspecting Venus, either by conjunction or by sextile of positive relationship change and and obviously you both changed at your core at your at your human ego core as well right. or the relationship couldn't have changed in the first place so right. both both you individually and the relationship the composite of your energies was transformed really strongly under this aspect and it ain't done you you both got a while yet before pluto finishes up with your sun venuses mm. okay which is good because clearly you've had really good results from it so far right right Hopefully it only gets better. Yeah, and and I will promise you, uh, my motto is it always gets better than this. Yeah. So no true. matter how good it is, there's I sh- always. I should know that from my past experience. <laughs> there's always upward potential. You you, uh, yeah. you can you can come together as a couple in amazing ways you never could have even imagined were possible. So um, I just invite you to be open to the the upside potential of of what Pluto can offer you, even if it's beyond your conception at this point. Okay. okay. All right. So um, does this feel complete? I think so. Okay, good. Well, this feels like a really juicy uh, live listener consultation. Thank you for doing it with me. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, okay. So let me close, as I always do, with the question, was I helpful? I believe so. Yay. Then I believe it, too. <laughs> yep, okay. I think so. I mean, only time can tell, of course. But, right. But I think you've given me a lot to think about, which for me is the biggest part of it. Oh, good. Okay, well, that's if I've given you food for thought, that sounds helpful in, from where I sit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Well, thanks for working with me, Monique, and uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. I offer three main services at Astro Shaman, astrology, shamanic healing, and awakening activation. All are equally effective in person or long distance. Choose one or combine two or more services during your session. Astrology offers insights into soul purpose, career, relationships, spirituality, timing, relocation, and much more. 
In Awakening Activation Sessions, I help you immerse into your own awakened state using simple, powerful invocations, then teach you how to refresh it on your own. Shamanic healing can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, or mental issues, and usually results in significantly enhanced divine consciousness. I also offer electional astrology to help you pick the perfect date and time for any important event. And be sure to check out my free services page, where you can load up on free forecasts, podcasts, invocations, and music. Sliding scale payment is available by request. You can get a 20% discount during your birthday month, and gift certificates are always available. I work with clients all around the world by phone and Skype. You get a free digital recording of your session, and I accept PayPal and all major credit cards. Finally, my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. For more information or to set an appointment, visit astroshaman.com, email info at astroshaman.com, or call 828-338-9852. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up another edition of This Week in Astrology. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend or post or tweet about us or donate to support us at thisweekinastrology.com. You can link to our Facebook page and Twitter feed where I post daily forecasts from thisweekinastrology.com and astroshaman.com. You can listen to This Week in Astrology on your smartphone or tablet at stitcher.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please subscribe through iTunes and help us keep our standing as the number one astrology podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2014 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every time the seasons change. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's this week's index. The overview begins at 1 minute 48 seconds. Monday, 3 minutes. Tuesday, 307. Wednesday, 422. Thursday, 522. Friday, 722. Saturday, 911. Sunday, 1010. Next week's transits, 1019. Announcements, 1142. And our live listener consultation begins at 1530. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.